what manner of man or woman we now should be as Christians, as followers of Christ. You know, again, I cannot express to you the importance of getting the revelation of when you read about when you're reading about Jesus in the gospel message. You don't look at that and say, well, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. Yes, he is the son of God. He always was. He always will be. But what I'm talking about is from the perspective of Jesus came to demonstrate to us the way we're supposed to live as people who have authority in the earth today. In other words, he's, he showed us the way Adam was supposed to live when Adam was, was first born into the earth, came to, you know, was given life and came to, came to be, or however you want to say it, you know, when God breathed into Adam. That was the way Adam was supposed to live. But he gave in to the temptations, didn't he? Him and Eve. And they ended up entering into sin. Jesus didn't do that, did he? Praise God for Jesus. Amen. But still, the point I want to get across is that when you read about Jesus, you see how he did things. You say, that's the way I'm supposed to do it. That's the type of person I'm supposed to be. Amen. And again, we have seen that Jesus was a person of prayer. So should we be people of prayer of prayer. Uh, he was a, a person who operated in authority. We too should operate in that same kind of, of authority that he operated in. Amen. Uh, uh, Jesus was the one who demonstrated always the love of God. We too should be people who are demonstrating the love of God. Amen. And then we also have, uh, uh, we've seen that Jesus was faithful. How many know that Jesus was faithful to always do whatever the Father asked of him to do? Well, we're called to be faithful. Amen. And that's what we've been on. And so last week we began to look at some of the different attributes and different characteristics of God that speak of his faithfulness. And we saw uh, the first one we talked about, and I love it, it's so simple, is God is always there. God is always there. We saw in, in Matthew chapter 28, 20, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I really, really want to emphasize one word there, always. I am with you always. Does Jesus mean what he says? Will Jesus, will there ever be a time when you call upon him where he will not be there? It's just not possible, friends. And then we saw in uh, Hebrews 13, 5, from the Amplified, for he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Did you hear that? God will not let go of us. God will always be there for us. And as Christians, we need to be there for our, the people in our lives too. Amen. If we're going to be faithful, we need to be there for our spouses. If we're going to be faithful, then we need to be there for our children. If we're going to be faithful, then we need to be there for our friends. And if I'm going to be faithful as a pastor, I need to be there for the people of this church. And if you're going to be found faithful, then you need to be here for me and the rest of the people around you where this church is concerned. You need to be there, amen? You need to be there. Everybody say, I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. And again, I want to emphasize something to you. The majority of the time when people need you is not going to be the most convenient time for you. In fact, you can count on it, especially God will 
tap you on the shoulder at some of the times where you, you might have had something like, I'm fixing to go see a movie, or I'm fixing to watch a movie, or I'm fixing to go do this thing, or I'm going to go camping, or I'm going to go this place. And all of a sudden, something happens, and somebody needs you. What are you going to do? Will you be found faithful? Or will you say, no, nah, I can't do that, God. I, I got something else planned. <laughs> like some, some people kind of looking at me like going, okay, Pastor Dan, why are you, why are you getting on to my business? Like, I'm not getting in your business. But I'm going to tell you something. You want to increase in your life? You want to increase in your life? Then you need to be found faithful. And if you ever want to be used by God in a greater way, then you need to be there for him as, and for others whenever they need you. Not when it's convenient for you. Everybody say amen and smile real big. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to move on to the second one. The second attribute and characteristic of God that speaks of his faithfulness, and this one is so huge, is God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 17. The Bible says, Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise... So who's he trying to say, who's he speaking to right now? The heirs of the promise. Who are the heirs of the promise? That's you and me. Now notice the immutability of his counsel. Confirmed it by an oath. Now I want to share with you what that word immutability, because if you're like me, I looked it up and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. That's not a word I use every day. I'm an immutable person. What does that mean, immutability? It means unchangeableness. The unchangeableness of his counsel he confirmed it by an oath verse 18 that by two immutable things two unchangeable things his promise and his oath in which it is impossible for God to lie we might have strong consolation strong encouragement strong reassurance who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us glory to God now People like to say that, you know, all, all things are possible with God. And I know the Bible says that, and I know that's not referring to the things like this. Because there are some things that are, it's impossible for God to do. Did you know that? One of those things that it's impossible for God to do is to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God not to love. Did you know that? Because he is love. I could go on and on, but I'll, I just want to say that again. It's impossible for God to lie. In fact, Titus 1-2 says this. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Listen to me. You need to get this revelation in your heart. You need to get this revelation in your soul. God cannot lie. It is impossible for God to lie. I am convinced that this is one of the greatest revelations I've ever gotten in my walk with God. God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. Now, you might say, why? Because when you know that God cannot lie, that means everything he speaks to our hearts, whether through his word or by his spirit, is the truth. No matter what you may see or feel out here. 
That's huge if we're going to live by faith. Glory to God. For example, the word says, by whose stripes we were healed. How many know that's in the Bible, right? How many know that's the truth? God cannot lie. So if he says, by whose stripes you are healed, then by whose stripes you are healed. But then your body begins to scream out at you, you big dummy. You're saying, I'm healed, but my, you're, you're aching. You got a fever. You're throwing up. And you're saying you're healed? Well, what are you gonna st- which way are you going to go? Which way, what are you going to yield to? Which way, what are you going to believe? What you feel or what you believe? And if God's word is truth, then glory to God when those stripes were laid upon Jesus Christ a couple thousand years ago, then glory to God I was healed at that time. Which means when something comes on me and tries to get on me, I, it does not have a legal right to be there. Oh my goodness gracious. It does not have a legal right to be on my body. Because by whose stripes I was healed. Oh, I'm, I, I'm preaching myself happy right now. When it, those pains and those aches and that, that, that sickness or that disease tries to come on your physical body, you need to rise up and say, no. You got to get bold about this. I am a Christian. Jesus took those stripes upon his back so that I am healed. And if I was healed then, then I'm healed today. I'll be healed tomorrow no matter what tries to come on my physical body. Because it can't legally be there. Ooh, I've never said it that way before. And I like it. Glory to God. The truth always supersedes the natural fact. Woo, glory to God. It's impossible for God to lie. Thank you, Jesus. I am getting happy. So if God cannot lie, that means if he said it, that settles it. And I now choose to believe it. Everybody say this with me. If God said it, that settles it. And I now choose to believe it. Yeah. Glory to God. Do you see why it's important to come to a church that preaches the word? That preaches the truth. Hello. Do you see why you need to be reading your Bibles? Finding out what the Bible says. Amen. You need to spend quality time studying your Bible. Amen. Okay. You're going to see this in just a moment. Numbers 23, 19. Look what it says. I love this scripture. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? What's the answer to that? If he said it, he's going to do it, amen? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? If he spoke it, he's going to make it good. Oh my goodness. We got his word. We got his word. He has spoken it. He's given it to us. All we got to do is look in it and say, glory to God. This is truth. This is God's word. He cannot lie. Do 
you see how this, what I said earlier about how this revelation is one of the most important revelations I've ever gotten in my walk with him? Am I the only one who's ever stepped out in faith and all of a sudden you get bombarded with the things in the natural realm? We have been believing God for a new church building. Believing God for it. And all of a sudden we had all these things start to line up. And it seemed like it was a good thing. And then, boom, we get hit with this thing. Bam, we got hit with this thing. Wham, we got hit with that thing. I mean, we start to just get bombarded with all kinds of junk. And you know what I'm thinking to myself? The devil is stupid. Does he not know? Can I come back there for a moment, sit by you for a minute, Wes, and let you scratch my back too like that? <laughs> anyway, listen, if God told us that building is ours, what does it matter what the city of Belgrade is going to say? Do you think the city of Belgrade is greater than God? Hello? I mean, my goodness gracious, you know the woman that we've been dealing with from the, pro- the property manager of Town Pump? Do you know, who, this, is, this is the favor of God. She's a Christian. She knew I was a pastor, and she started going, hey, you want to bring your youth over to our, we're going to have a big praise and worship thing over here, over in, over in, in Buke. Why don't you bring your youth over here? But the point being, glory to God, I'm dealing with another Christian. And as I, I, I told her the other day, I'm talking to her, and I said, you know, I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't know you were a Christian, but I know you're a Christian, so I'm going to be saying it like this. And I'm speaking right, I'm going to saying, glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, yes, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. Praise God, isn't he good? But the bottom line is this, if God said it, that settles it. I now choose to believe it. And if I keep standing on what I'm believing, the truth always supersedes the natural fact. The truth, when we step out and take a stand on it, will listen, the truth will change the natural fact. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. But glory to God, I'm getting so, oh my goodness. I'm getting happy up here. Listen, listen, listen. Have you ever thought about this? If God told a lie, what would happen? What would happen if God lied? Everything we know would cease to exist. Because the Bible says that everything is upheld by the integrity and power of God's word. So if he lied, there goes his word right out the window we ain't here no more. So how many know that ain't going to happen? It's impossible for God to lie. Hallelujah. The other thing that we, uh, uh, is important to understand, if God didn't keep his word 100% of the time, it would be next to impossible, but I'm just going to go out and say this, it would be impossible to operate in real Bible faith. Why? Because who's going to jump on your shoulder and start to speak to you and say things like, if God lied before, he'll lie again. How do you know he's not lying this time? What is going to happen when you're hearing that kind of stuff? Doubt. And if you get over into doubt, you're going to do without. Are you listening? 
But again, it's impossible for God to lie. Which means, again, once I know what he says in his word, once I know what his will is, I mean, what does the Bible say in 1 John 5, 14 and 15? This is the confidence that I have. If I pray according to his will, I know that he hears me. And because I know he hears me, I'm confident that he's going to give me the things I'm asking of him. Why is that? Because God can't lie. Boosh. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I'm getting happy, 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 man. I'm a happy man. It is impossible for God to lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he said it, he'll make it good. Now, go quickly over to John 17 or just look up here. John 17, 17 says this. Sanctify them by your truth. Now, notice your word is truth. Notice it does not say your word is a truth. It says your word is truth. Did you get that? God's word is truth. Everybody say that with me. God's word is truth. (laughs) No matter what your circumstances are screaming at you, no matter how you may be feeling, no matter what you're seeing, God's word is truth. Can you see how that would change the way you approach the reading of the Bible? This is truth. No matter what I feel, no matter what I see, I can look in my, I can look in my checking account, and I know how, many, how much bills I have, and in my head, there ain't enough. But I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe. And God said in his word that my God shall supply all my needs. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Which means this. Now I, I believe that my God is more than able to take care of me. Meet all my needs. And meet all my needs in abundance. Because see that's just the kind of God he is. He didn't just fill the cup over. The, I mean fill the cup to the rim. The cup runneth over. He didn't just put enough fish in the nets to bless Peter. Because he went out on that boat. And Peter let him borrow his boat. No. All of a sudden he began so much fish that the nets began to break and the boats began to sink. That's my God. The God who is more than enough. The God who is too much. So I know this much. No matter what my checking account is telling me. No matter what my savings account is telling me. I know that a God's going to come through for me and be there for me. More than enough. Hallelujah. How do I know that? Because God's word is truth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. John 16, 13. (laughs) The Bible is so good. Hallelujah. However, when he, the spirit of what? Has come, he will guide you into all what? It's just like God saying, listen, I'm going to make it really easy for you guys. Okay? I'm going to make it really. I'm going to give you my word. And then I'm going to give you my spirit, who is the spirit of truth. And he's going to guide you into all truth so that then you will always know what the truth is. Then when you're faced with circumstances and feelings and other things that don't line up with the truth, you can say, no, 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 no. I'm not going that direction. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to follow what God says in his word because this is the truth. The spirit of truth is leading me into it. 
I mean, it's almost unfair for the devil. Who cares, right? Glory to God. We've just got to get a little persnickety about who we are as Christians. You know what I'm talking about? We, stop being a little wishy-washy, weenie, weenie uh, 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 spaghetti backboned, weak-kneed Christian. I don't know. I some of those words, I don't know. But anyway, I think you got my meaning. It, it's time. For, all of these pictures of Jesus looking like he's some wimp. I'm telling you, that is such a f- lie from the pit of hell. I believe my Jesus is a man's man. I know my Jesus is a man's man. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. When the army came to get him, when those, those soldiers came to get him, he says, are you Jesus? And he says, I am. They all fall down under the power. That's my Jesus. Hallelujah. And we've got to get bold about all of this. Because that's who is now in us. We are Christians. Get bold about yourself and who you are in Christ Jesus. Get bold about the truth of God's word. And refuse to back off of it no matter what you're seeing or how you're feeling. Amen. Glory to God. John 14, 6. I want you to hear what Jesus says about himself. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me and Buddha and Muhammad, Hare Krishna, and all the other false gods out there. Because there's many ways to God. Not ain't what I said, is it? Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Which means that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Amen. I want to repeat that. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Now, for many people, they would say that's not politically correct. Whoopty stinking doodah. I ain't trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be Bible correct. I'm trying to do things in accordance with the Bible. And, and why, am I, why am I getting on this so much right now? Because there are, there are polls out there. Is that the right word? There are uh, surveys out there where a lot of young Christians have now fallen into the deception that there are more than one way into heaven. That there, you can follow Muhammad and get into heaven just like we follow Jesus and he gets us into heaven. Lies. Lies. Hearing me. Nothing but a stinking lie. Jesus is the way. Everybody say he's the way. Glory to God. And notice what else he says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Glory to God. Jesus is truth. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you, Jesus. So we've seen that it's impossible for God to lie. We've seen that God's word is the truth. We've seen that the spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. And he's called to lead us into all truth. And we've seen that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now turn with me to John 8. And I want to begin I want us to begin to get an understanding about how God feels about lying. 
Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. John 8, we wanted, how many want to know where lying comes from? You probably do because you've been coming to this church. John 8, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. He's talking to the religious people of the day. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, speaking of the devil, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Who is the father of lies? Who is the father of lies? Everybody in agreement with me? So that, what does this mean? That means every single time a person tells a lie, they're yielding to the father of lies. They're yielding to the devil. I can honestly say this to you. I know in my life where, in, I mean, I'm talking about after I walk, started walking with God. And I remember years ago when this, I don't remember how many years ago. It's probably been over 20 years ago when this happened. But I lied to Pastor Jim. Because I was intimidated because I had done something and I was intimidated. Didn't want him to know it and I lied to him. And I'm telling you, it was like someone punch gut me, gut punched me. I just felt like, I felt horrible. And I remember I called him up immediately. And I said, that, I, I, that wasn't the truth. I did do that. And I'm wrong. Please forgive me. And he did. He forgave me. But how many Christians get caught up in doing those kinds of things as well? And think it's okay. I don't know about you. I don't want to yield myself to the devil even for a millisecond. The one who wants to kill us, destroy us, steal from us. Are you hearing me? Lying cannot be a part of our lives as Christians. Not even a little bit. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And one thing we need to understand, too, and I've said this to you before. Anytime you're being bombarded with thoughts, talking about how you're going to go under or maybe you start to have these aches oh you got cancer you're going to die or you're a failure always will be a failure or whatever these negative thoughts come to you you need to right away recognize first of all that it's not God speaking that to you God will always speak life to you and encourage you and lift you up but the devil comes to what to discourage you to try to get you to begin to believe it. And then once you start to speak it out of your mouth. Oh I must have cancer. Oh I must have this. Well the doctor said I have this. So the doctor's greater than God. Hello. But see what ends up happening. For, and people don't recognize this. But I'm telling you and it's the truth. You begin to speak it out of your mouth. You start to believe it. And then all of a sudden you'll find you, you've opened up the devil. And he's coming into your life to do the very things he deceived you into speaking out of your mouth in the first place. So what do we do when he comes and all of a sudden we're getting hit with all these thoughts? Boy, you ought to start getting really happy. Why? Why? Because the devil's a liar. 
I said, because the devil's a liar. And if, if you're hearing something like that, you've got to say, wait a minute. He's lying. He's, that's, that, he's the father of lies. It's just part of who he is. And if he's calling me a loser, that must mean I'm a winner. If he's saying I'm going to die, that must mean I'm going to live. Hallelujah. If he says I'm going to get sick, I must be whole and healthy. See how I'm saying that? Thank you, Jesus. What a stinking, rotten enemy we, 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 we have against us. But I'm going to tell you this. Even though he's defeated, even though his teeth have been kicked in, even though we know he's a liar, he's been at this for a long time. I said he's been at this for a long time. And what he likes to do is he'll start to feed you thoughts. And, you'll, and when those thoughts come to you, it will be like those thoughts are from you. See how I'm saying that? He'll deceive you into thinking that those thoughts are coming from you. When they're really not coming from you, they're coming from him. See how I'm saying that? So what does that mean? That means you need to be on guard. You need to be on guard. You need to be on guard where the enemy's concerned. Amen. And, 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 and the Bible actually talks about that we're called to take the thoughts captive. That, that, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Any thought that comes along that doesn't line up with the gospel, that doesn't line up with the knowledge of God, the word of God, what should we do? Cast it down. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe what God said in his word. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter 6. Y'all still with me? Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 6 says this. I want you to see how God really feels about lying. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Notice how in this list of seven things God hates, Lying is mentioned twice. Do you think God despises lying? I mean, think about it. If, if the devil's the father of it, enough said. He hates it. He literally hates it. Proverbs chapter 12 says, lying lips, verse 22, 12, 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who drew truth, deal truthfully are his delight did you hear that lying lips lying lips are an abomination to the lord but when you speak truthfully he takes great delight in that amen and proverbs thirteen five. a righteous man hates lying are you a righteous man or woman if you're a Christian, you are. You should hate lying. Everybody say, I hate lying. Everybody say, I hate lying. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Who is this letter written to right here? It's written to Christians, to the church. And what does it say we're supposed to do? Put away lying and speak truth to our neighbors, right? 
And now, now listen, I understand. Please, I'm almost done. I understand a lot of you probably have the mentality, Pastor Dan, I understand why you're harping on this so much. We ain't supposed to lie. I understand that's the truth. I know that we ain't supposed to lie. And yet I see it happening all the time in the church. I see it happening all the time. I've said to my kids, my son can attest to this, my daughter can attest to this, my daughter-in-law can attest to this. If you've done something wrong, you better come talk to me and tell me the truth. I hate lying. I hate when people lie to me. But I have had people say to me on more than one occasion, I'm going to do this for you, Pastor. Or I'm going to be, be here for you, Pastor. Or I'm going to do this for you, Pastor. And I better look up because I don't want anybody to think I'm looking at them. <laughs> but then, for whatever reason, they either don't show up or they come up with some excuse. And all of a sudden, and, 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 and it, it becomes something that is almost a habit in these people's lives. But what they don't understand is every time you do that, it's literally telling a lie. Now, I don't, don't let, me, let me rephrase something. I understand there's emergencies. I understand that completely. It, but if there's not a le legitimate reason, the Bible calls, says this, we're called to swear to our own hurt. Even though it might be a hardship to us, we're still supposed to follow through with our word. We're still supposed to be people of integrity. I mean, I have had people, I remember this individual, pulled me in that little tack room over there and said to me, Pastor Dan, I've got your back. I will be here for you. And probably in a month's time, they were gone. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to speak condemnation over anybody, but I am trying to get something across to you. If we're going to be people who are faithful, lying cannot be a part of our lives. It is impossible for him to lie, for God to lie. It should be impossible for us to lie. I know it's not. I know we can all lie when we want to. But if it doesn't do something in your heart every time you say something that you know is not true, and I know it's not easy, because see what ends up happening a lot of times? If you're going to tell the truth, you're going to be in a predicament, aren't you? You're going to, there's a possibility that you're going to suffer repercussions for choices you've made in your life. But would you rather lie about it or face the consequences for your wrong actions? See, from my perspective, I'd rather face the consequences for my wrong actions. I'm, I, I, I know it's not the easiest thing to do. Especially when your, your mom and dad have caught you in a lie, or, or, or let's put it this way, your mom and dad have caught you doing something you know you're not supposed to do, and then you look at them and say, I, I didn't do that. Nope, I wasn't there, I didn't do that. Uh, we know, here, you hold up your phone and there's a picture of them on Facebook or whatever. Hmm, isn't that you there? What's just happened? Everything that they did wrong is now blown up even greater now i want to say this i understand because again I, I already already called myself out when you lie and you ask god to forgive you what does he do he forgives us when i have if i i, I told joan a lie and i said joan forgive me what would she do because of her love for me she would forgive me but something else would happen wouldn't it Something else would happen. The trust between us 
would now be uh, uh, impeded or it would go down. The level of trust would go down, wouldn't it? So that trust level would have to be built back up. See how I'm saying that? And that's the thing you've got to ask yourself. Do I want to maintain the trust that I have with the people in my life? Am I going to be someone who, who when I say something to them, I'm going to stick to my guns? I'm going to do it? Even if, this is, if, even if something better comes up, I said I would do it. And I'm going to follow through with it. That's called being faithful. That's called being faithful. That's the way God is with us. And that's the way we need to be with one another. Amen. Lying is not an option for us. Everybody say, lying is not an option for me. Now, I'm going to say this one more thing. I'm going to say one more thing, and I'll, shut, I'll close. If you have found yourself in the past telling lies, you have got to get the revelation of the way God sees it. It is an abomination to him. He, I mean, the, you saw it. He hates it. And, and if you really stop and you think about why he hates it so much, once again, because not only is the devil the father of it, but it, it, it's really going against his very nature because, again, he, it's impossible for him to do it. See how I'm saying that? So we're, we're, it's almost like we're turning our back on God. It's almost like we're saying, not now, God. I, I need to tell this lie right now. I'm trying to make it so everybody in here gets it so deep inside of you that when somebody asks you a question, even if... By telling the truth, it could cause you some serious consequences. Still speak the truth. I cannot, I cannot emphasize that to you enough. And listen, if you're the one that has caught one of your, your child or a co-worker or whoever in a lie and they do speak truth to you, you need to honor them for at least telling you the truth. I tell you what, I've had youth before tell me something. I mean, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm talking to him, and I finally said to this young person, you don't give a rip what I said. And he looked at me and said, no. And I said to him, I want you to know right now how much that blesses me because you're telling me truth. And from that point forward, I've had a great relationship with that young person. To this day, I have a great relationship with this person because I know when he talks to me, he's telling me the truth. Even though sometimes what he says to me is not the best things in the world. <laughs> but anyway, are you determined to be a faithful person? Then you need to be there. Be there for people. Be there for your spouse, your, your, your children, your, your co-worker, your, uh, uh, your boss, and so forth, your friends. And you must never tell a lie. You must become like Abraham Lincoln, okay? Wasn't it? No, it was George Washington who could not lie. It was an honest day. Anyway, how about let's, let's just up it a little bit. Let's be like Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we thank you so much for all you've done for us and all you're doing for us.